It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. U.S. Northeast faces, quote, dramatic flash freeze in wake of soaking winter storm. Much of that moisture straight out of the Gulf of Mexico, by the way. With that in mind, does that AccuWeather.com headline make any sense? It does if you consider climate engineering and patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. The highly sensationalized, quote, flash freeze event in the U.S. is scheduled to be followed by a profound warm-up across the whole of the U.S., especially in the exact regions that are slated to be flash-frozen for Christmas. Stay tuned for more. What else are the global controllers up to, besides derailing the global climate system to suit their agendas and objectives? Davos 2023, occurring next month in January, will feature BlackRock and TikTok CEOs with the World Economic Forum demanding more censorship and tyranny. From the dossier.com, the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organization masquerading as a neutral entity with specific policy goals that involve centralizing power into the hands of hand-picked global elites, which are, for the record, preparing as fast as they can for the unfolding and accelerating biosphere collapse which their global climate intervention operations are further fueling. The global elites are actually acutely aware of the fact that the planet's waning resources and failing life support systems can no longer support the weight of the human race. And again, they should be aware, as the so-called global elite are the most responsible for creating this paradigm. Sadly, far too much of the population is all too willing to go along We must always remember, consider those in power could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. With all that in mind, this question, how many are still clinging to the belief that the global controllers actually intend to protect and preserve populations? What a truly naive notion that is at this point. In the words of Charles Hugh Smith, a great madness sweeps the land. Those who see the madness for what it is have only one escape. Go to ground. Fade from public view, become self-reliant, and weather the coming storm in the nooks and crannies. But alas, there is no place that anyone can hide from what's coming. Collectively, we must face the insanity head on, or the chapter of humanity will very soon end, and we will likely take the entire web of life down with us. Just doom and gloom? No. Mathematically Verifiable Reality. On the subject of very unpleasant realities, let's do a quick COVID update. Not good news. No surprise for those that have already summoned the courage to conduct honest investigation. FDA study links COVID-19 vaccine to blood clotting. A new study by the Food and Drug Administration confirms the concerns of many physicians worldwide of a link between blood clots 
and the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. The researchers examined data covering 17.4 million elderly Americans who had received the two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. They found that the incidence of pulmonary embolism or blood clotting in the lungs met the initial safety signal, meaning further investigation is warranted. That's a gross understatement. Criminal investigation is warranted. That's from the Epoch Times. Given that science study and others that are surfacing like it, consider what Dr. Anthony Fauci just said on film and on the record. And with the rise of disinformation and misinformation, are we developing an anti-science? Yeah. And well, in society, the answer is yes. The short answer to your question, uh, Andrea. But the other thing that's is that there's so much misinformation that we, we we're experiencing the normalization of untruths, where there's so much disinformation that's spread predominantly through social media that people just get so used to the untruths that it becomes normalized, which is really bad because then you don't push back against it you say well that's just the way it is that would be a terrible blow to society and i believe to our democracy if all of a sudden people say well what's the use there's so much untruth out there we might as well not even push back on it it's hopeless we've got to not accept the normalization of untruths we must not accept the normalization of untruths on that point i completely agree with fauci but here's The truth of the matter, disinformation and Dr. Fauci are inseparable. If anyone knows about disinformation, it is Fauci. He has been their front man for so many unthinkable crimes for decades. Those with the courage to investigate who, or should I say what, Dr. Fauci really is. Read the Robert F. Kennedy bestselling book, The Real Anthony Fauci. What seeds has this individual helped to sow? What's coming? Few yet dare to fully face it, but soon, very soon, there'll be no place to hide. Global power structures are losing control of the narrative. The truth on many fronts is finally being forced to the full light of day. And although this is essential, indeed, it's the only way forward, it also makes the global controllers more desperate and dangerous than ever before. This question, is it reasonable to assume that those in power who have, over the course of many decades, experimented with and produced a plethora of bioweapons and experimented with many of those weapons on innocent and unknowing populations. Fact of record, not opinion. Is it reasonable to conclude that they could expose us all to their concoctions anytime they want? We're already being sprayed like lab rats with known highly toxic climate engineering elements. Is it completely irrational to believe that the global controllers wouldn't put something much more lethal in the atmospheric aerosol spraying mix. And for those that are still clinging to the belief that the trails they see spewing from the jet aircraft in our skies are just harmless condensation, time to wake up. There are countless film footage captures of these aircraft spraying at altitude, turning on and off. Up-close film footage reveals the retrofit nozzles on the aircraft. Even closer-up photos reveal the retrofit nozzles with crystal clarity. They are there. All these aircraft have high-bypass turbofan jet engines, military tankers, and commercial aircraft. They're nearly incapable of making any condensation trail except under very rare circumstances. It's a jet-powered fan. 90% of the air that moves through that engine is not combusted. The condensation trail narrative 
is a massive lie perpetrated on populations. How many people believe that? They don't believe what they see with their own eyes. They can see an aircraft leaving a trail across the horizon that just shuts off and leaves nothing for the rest of the way across the horizon. And they convince themselves that nothing's wrong because they're told nothing's wrong. We need to start thinking for ourselves. We need to start using our God-given senses of reason and logic, our vision. If we abandon that, what do we have left? Power structures don't just view populations as being expendable. They see them as a rapidly increasing liability on a dying planet. The planet's life support systems are imploding. To harbor any belief that the power brokers are here to help preserve populations so that they can continue proliferating unchecked is delusion. On that upbeat note, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Pressing on from theconversation.com, children born today will see literally thousands of animals disappear in their lifetime as global food webs collapse. From that report, to date, science has vastly underestimated the true toll of climate change, i.e. climate collapse, abrupt climate collapse, habitat destruction, and what effect this will have on biodiversity. That's because it has largely neglected, i.e. the science community, to consider the extent of co-extinctions when species go extinct because other species on which they depended die out. This is yet another example of the so-called science community apparently not having any clue. The same science community that remains in criminal denial of the climate engineering atrocities so very visible in our skies. For so many years, geoengineeringwatch.org has tried to sound the alarm on cascading collapse and co-extinction scenarios that have long since been unfolding and accelerating. Mainstream, power structure controlled science sources are now beginning to admit to the severity of what's coming, not because they care about the truth, but because the truth is becoming all but impossible to hide. Not surprisingly, the report from theconversation.com finishes with this statement of Pollyanna delusion. Quote, but if we manage to dramatically reduce carbon emissions globally, we could save thousands of species from local extinction this century alone. End quote. The report, of course, doesn't mention the single most destructive human activity of all climate engineering operations. And about saving anything by the end of the century, good luck with that. If the human race remains on the current course, we'll be lucky if any animals or humans makes the end of the decade, this decade. A reminder of this report from last year. Worried about Earth's future? Question mark. Well, the outlook is worse than even scientists can grasp. From that report, the damage threatens the survival of all species, including our own. The study was authored by 17 leading scientists, including those from Flinders University, Stanford, the University of California, Los Angeles, and others. Our message, they say, might not be popular, and indeed it is frightening, but the scientists must be candid and accurate if humanity is to understand the enormity of the challenges we face. How many scientists are being honest about anything at this point, in any arena? The entire science community in so many fields has been completely hijacked by the matrix, by the money printers that have permeated throughout so-called civilized society like a metastasized cancer, a malignant cancer. Let's cover a few more recent reports from the so-called scientists that seem to make it up as they go. Let's start with this from multiple sources. 
Mega drought on Earth affected gravity waves at the edge of space. That's from space.com. Let me report an intense drought that has persisted on Earth for over two decades is now thought to have affected gravity waves where our planet's atmosphere meets outer space. How did they come to this conclusion? Because they saw the two phenomenon happening at the same time. No other corroborating research data besides that. Is that the basis for such a scientific conclusion? Are the gravity waves, in fact, natural at all? When we know that we have facilities like ionosphere heaters, like the Harp facility in Alaska, which there are many, and this is a weapon of mass destruction, make no mistake about that, that can heat the upper layers of the atmosphere to astoundingly high temperatures with catastrophic long-term consequences. And we know that these weapons are completely capable of manipulating weather patterns on a global scale. And none of that admitted by these so-called scientists or any other scientists in the climate science community. And they yet try to grasp at straws to confuse and baffle populations as to what's really going on. And we see this happening across the board in so many arenas. Let's look at the Fukushima earthquake, the 2011 quake. We had MIT, one of the world's most renowned science institutions, stating on the record, anyone can look this up, that there was, quote, extremely anomalous atmospheric heating for three days, directly above the epicenter, three days prior to the quake triggering. And the so-called scientists from MIT tried to somehow hypothesize that the pressure in that seismically sensitive zone was heating the atmosphere. Does that sound even remotely plausible at all? And yet they seem not to know that ionosphere heaters exist, and this is exactly what they do. And the science is very clear that when you bounce a massively powerful microwave transmission off a now reflective atmosphere because of the aerosol spraying operations, and you then push that signal back down into a seismically sensitive zone, the science is clear that that can cause seismic activity. In regard to the 2011 Japanese quake and others, search this report headline from geoengineeringwatch.org. Are microwave transmission weapons of mass destruction being used to trigger catastrophic earthquakes? Look at the data. Decide for yourself. We know for certain that even fracking wells cause quakes. Is it rational to deny that an ionosphere heater weapon of mass destruction like HARP can't? Do technologies exist that few are willing to even contemplate or consider? Review the report I just mentioned again. Decide for yourself. This isn't science fiction. It's science fact. We had an earthquake here in my location I'm not pointing any particular finger at the cause, but we just had an earthquake, I believe, Tuesday night. Interesting quake, very sharp shock motion about 2.30 in the morning. This is after a cluster of quakes in a region just off the California coast. On this general theme from Reuters.com, this headline from this week, Quake-prone Japan, which previously said it had no plans to build new reactors, will now seek to replace decommissioned ones and extend the lifespan of others. In other words, keep reactors online that should be decommissioned. And you can't just decommission these overnight. It takes decades. Look at Fukushima, an ongoing potential extinction-level event by itself. If other factors don't get the job done first, total cataclysm 
No technology to fix it. No end in sight. Triple nuclear meltdown. And people think it's all over. No, it's just beginning. On the subject of catastrophes that are just beginning from the LA Times this week, growing fears of Deadpool on Colorado River as drought threatens Hoover Dam waters. Not just Hoover Dam, it's Glen Canyon Dam, Orville Dam, Shasta Dam. And we know that climate intervention operations are cutting off the flow of precipitation from the U.S. West. We've stated so on the record for well over a decade at geoengineeringwatch.org. Look at our data under the engineering drought section and how far back it goes and how completely accurate it has been. Not because we're looking at a crystal ball, but because we're looking at data and we're willing to disclose that data. With these operations continuing, it couldn't not happen. It had to happen and it will continue to happen as long as Climate intervention operations are allowed to continue. Another headline this week from MSN and Popular Science. Alaska's Arctic waterways are turning orange. That doesn't sound good, does it? From the report, dozens of once crystal clear streams and rivers in Arctic Alaska are now running bright orange and cloudy. And in some cases, they may be becoming more acidic. This otherwise undeveloped landscape now looks as if an industrial mine has been in operation for decades. And scientists want to know why. And forgive this momentary rant, but why is it that the so-called climate scientists never seem to have any definitive answer, or scientists in general in the fields of biology, forestry, they never seem to have any definitive answer on the most dire factors we face? Starting with their eyes wide shut on the willful blindness regarding the shockingly obvious climate engineering atrocities in our skies. They're paid not to know. They're paid to be blind. They're paid to deny. I ask this, where is honor? Where is virtue? Where is morality? And far too much of the population, again, is all too happy to be lied to about any and every existential threat. Ignorance may feel like bliss for the moment, but it's about to be shattered from so many directions. Here's another headline worth noting from this week. Mass of microplastics raining on Auckland, that's in New Zealand, weighs as much as 3 million plastic bottles yearly, study finds. This report is from ecowatch.com. What's happening in Auckland, what's raining down through the air column there, is only a snapshot of the world. Plastic nanoparticles in the atmosphere are now ubiquitous all over the world. And yes, plastic waste decomposition is certainly a part of the problem. But are there other primary sources, already mentioned, that no official source is willing to disclose for obvious reasons. For the record, polymer fibers are named in climate intervention patents. With that in mind, more puzzle pieces. You can decide where they fit. Here's a recent headline from Fox News. Scientists discover microplastics in human blood for the first time. Here's a parallel headline from the UK Guardian. Microplastics found deep in lungs of living people for first time. These are just two example reports. There are many more. Moving on with crops crashing around the world, along with livestock and wildlife. What's going to be on the menu from here on out from CNN this week? Lab grown meat could be served up for dinner soon. What's it taste like? Question mark. From that report, we know how to grow cells. We know how to turn them into components of meat. This is a statement from Elliot Schwartz, lead scientist for cultivated meat at the Good Food Institute. Does all that sound very appetizing? Not so much. Not to me. 
But perhaps the Petri dish frankenmeat is super healthy. Again, not so much. Put this headline into the equation this week from nutritiousinsight.com. Quote, highly nutritious meat substitutes on the market cannot be absorbed by the human body. Study finds. So much for Soylent Green Meat. More breaking reports, and I'm bouncing around a bit, but all the data is a part of the mosaic of insanity and collapse that's coming at blinding speed. Can we somehow manage to save some part of the planet's remaining wildlife? From the Washington Post this week, nations promise to protect 30% of planet to stem extinction. That report states delegates at the COP15 Biodiversity Summit in Canada, covered that in previous broadcast, made, they say, a major conservation commitment to try to halt the loss of hundreds of thousands of plants and animals, actually much higher number than that. But the report says it remains to be seen if nations will follow through. We already know the answer to that. Of course they won't. By one estimate, the report states a staggering $598 billion to $824 billion is needed annually to reverse the loss of species worldwide. Pretending to establish pretend safe zones for threatened species as the life support systems or the entire planet are collapsing amounts to just another smoke and mirrors mass deception. Feel good fantasy to pacify populations till the moment of impact and above it all the toxic spraying of our skies continues unabated when a single species completely dominates and exploits all others to the point of mass extinction the story can only end badly and we know which species that is don't we any meaningful change of course starts with stopping man's intentional interference with the planet's primary life support systems aka Toxic Climate Intervention Operations. Next breaking report. Will Governor Gavin Newsom save us from ourselves? This report's from calmatters.org this week. California approves far-reaching strategy for tackling climate change, so what's next? Question mark. The report says, this is an extraordinary exercise and document, and it's the most comprehensive detailed plan for getting to net zero anywhere in the world, said Air Resources Board member Daniel Sperling, who also is director of the Institute of Transportation Studies at UC Davis. These people are all part of the matrix. It goes on to say, to meet the plan's target, state officials project California over the next 20 years will need about 30 times more electric vehicles, six times more household electric appliances to replace gas appliances, and four times more wind and solar generation capacity. For the record... All three forms, all three primary forms of alternative energy are being radically reduced by climate engineering. There's less wind, less sun, less rain. All three forms, solar energy, wind power, and hydro, all being dramatically reduced by climate engineering. And yet we have so-called scientists pushing climate engineering as if it's going to save us from ourselves. And about all these electric cars over the next 20 years, it would be a miracle if we make it another year without total collapse. 20 years is absolutely no chance, not going to happen, short of some unforeseen miraculous force from somewhere. I don't say that lightly, but that's the reality of the matter. On the current trajectory, mathematically, statistically, we will be lucky to make it another year without the collapse of the current paradigm. 
Here's a bit more on the report of Gavin Newsom's idiocy. In August, the Newsom administration Air Board already set a groundbreaking regulation that will ban sales of all new gas-powered cars by 2035. About 7.5 million electric cars are expected on the state roads by 2030. None of these dates are going to happen. You can quote me on that. Collapse will hit hard long before we get that far. California will need, the report says, 1.2 million charging stations by 2030. Again, total delusion. California's plan places a heavy emphasis on reducing fine particles in the atmosphere. This Newsom regulation is perhaps the most criminal in this report. Newsom knows full well that climate engineering operations are dumping millions of tons of highly toxic nanoparticles into the skies of California every single year. I know he knows because I personally presented the data to Gavin and his top aide in his office in Sacramento at the Capitol. Newsom is nothing more than a tool for the controllers. Final statements from the report. Quote, achieving the targets will cost $18 billion in 2035 and $27 billion in 2045. The Air Board estimates. Again, none of this will ever happen. Welcome to the planetary asylum. So how do you fuel the population's confusion and division regarding the true severity of planetary meltdown until the last possible moment? Here's how. Engineer extreme surface cooldowns just in time for Christmas. In my previous two weekly broadcasts, I said this was coming. It's here now. The hampered holiday travel will ensure the population remembers the event with the help of many sensationalized headlines. Let's consider a few from this week, starting with Winter Storm Elliot. Major Winter Storm Elliot is about to unleash intense blizzard. From Severe Weather Europe, this, millions across North America will face deep freeze. Global power brokers and the carbon fuel industry are the benefactors of such sensationalized headlines. Headlines that help to blind populations to the oncoming train of abrupt climate collapse, which is indeed what we face. And they won't see it coming till the moment of impact. Business as usual in the meantime, loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute till the brutal, bitter end. There's more. More headlines from last week. Santa may need a heavier coat as Christmas temperatures challenge long-standing records. For that report, records include some which have stood for nearly four decades that could be in jeopardy this Christmas as an outbreak of Arctic air sends the eastern U.S. into a deep freeze. Here's a question. Where did all that cool surface air actually come from, especially since the most current data indicates that the Arctic is warming 400% faster than the rest of the world? Here's the scenario. The high-pressure dome that has again been installed over the U.S. West, which spins clockwise in the northern hemisphere, spinning the Pacific moisture literally straight north off the coast of North America, bypassing California, straight up into Alaska, where they've had a record wet November. This moisture is chemically nucleated as it rotates clockwise around this northern hemisphere high-pressure dome. They rotate upper-level winds clockwise, spinning the moisture back down toward the interior of the U.S., being chemically nucleated the whole way, and thus you have your, quote, Arctic air. Even though the polar regions are warming faster than any other part of the world. 
Every single engineered winter weather event is used to completely skew temperature statistics, masking the true severity of warming that's actually occurring. The combined land and sea warming rate currently stands at the thermal energy equivalent of seven Hiroshima bombs per second. The oceans have previously been absorbing the vast majority of that heat, but that's not going to continue for much longer. And about the statements of data I just made and the rate of heating, please look up and investigate everything I say. I'm not asking anybody to believe me, but I am asking for honest investigation. But this heating that's melting down the cryosphere, the ice deposits of the Earth, again, is masked by the climate engineers by chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. It's masking the threat for the moment. The scheduled weather is also calling for a, quote, flash freeze event. This is a massive red flag harbinger of chemical ice nucleating elements, an event that should really make an impression on the masses. From the Weather Channel, this, Winter Storm Elliot could produce a, quote, flash freeze. Here's another sensationalized report from AccuWeather. Northeast faces dramatic, quote, flash freeze in wake of soaking winter storm. They're all reading from the same script, passed through all the so-called weather forecasting channels and entities by private defense contractors Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, who are both also primary climate engineering patent holders. They're both neck deep in climate intervention operations, including frequency transmission installations like HARP in Alaska, the proverbial foxes running the hen house running the climate engineering matrix from top to bottom. Thus, they also control the narrative so that the puzzle pieces fit together so that the narrative matches for the population. The AccuWeather flash freeze warning report continues. Listen carefully. There's many glaring red flags of climate intervention, temperature, whiplash consequences. Here it is from the report. Some places along the mid-Atlantic and southern New England coasts could even touch 60 degrees just hours ahead of a massive outbreak of frigid air. Peak gusts up to 74 to 80 miles per hour will likely occur during the storm. Flash freeze major temperature plunge to occur in wake of the storm, they say. In some cases, a temperature drop of 50 degrees can occur in a matter of several hours. For the record, the greatest former temperature dip in 24 hours in these regions is 48 degrees. They then continue with this. Roads may become icy in a matter of minutes. Is that common? How many have seen that? This is chemical ice nucleating elements hitting the surface before they set up. If you don't know anything about chemical ice nucleating, it is a fascinating science. Patents to back it all up. Please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. You will be profoundly amazed at the technology that exists that the vast majority have absolutely no clue about. The report continues, the frigid weather will make it dangerous to be outdoors. Some individuals could be at risk for respiratory and cardiac problems. That's interesting, isn't it? Snowstorm asthma and snowstorm heart attacks. The AccuWeather report continues with this. The weather is likely to flip dramatically once again around the start of the new year. This is according to AccuWeather's team of long-range forecasters. Again, this is the scheduled weather script readers. They say temperatures will rebound back to the 60s. From the 60s to deep freeze and right back to the 60s. Does that sound normal to you? Here's a few more examples of the highly sensationalized headlines mainstream media is trumpeting. The kind of headlines that the climate engineers 
the controllers and the carbon fuel industry love to have pushed on populations. From CNN, Arctic blast this week brings the coldest Christmas in nearly 40 years for millions between the 60 degree temperatures. From the Washington Post, winter storm threatens holiday travel boom. From Fox News, winter storm to blast East Coast as powerful, quote, bomb cyclone. That was the latest addition to this mix when it became clear that the planned amounts of snow were diminishing and wind, for the record, we now see in these engineered cool-down events almost without exception because that wind energy translates into an enhanced capability for the endothermic reacting materials, patented materials that are used in the cloud seeding operations for these storms. And we have tested this frozen material. I don't want to dignify it with the term snow and climate engineering elements are in it. Another headline from CNN. Airlines issue travel waivers ahead of winter, quote, bomb cyclone. From the UK Guardian, bomb cyclone storm could bring deadly winter to U.S. From BBC, how to stay safe in a U.S. winter weather bomb cyclone. From Axios.com, life-threatening cold bomb cyclone blizzard to sweep the U.S. this week. On and on and on it goes. As the dust settles on the engineered winter weather mayhem, Heading toward the new year, temperatures are scheduled to rebound radically. Welcome to the world of climate engineering weather whack-a-mole. The record warm Gulf of Mexico waters have been used for constant moisture feeds for the eastern U.S. climate engineering operations, though not a single hurricane was allowed to spin up anywhere near the oil-pumping regions of the Gulf during the entire hurricane season, in spite of previous predictions to the contrary. Most of the moisture for the Christmas deep freeze came from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico, the record-warm Atlantic, and the record-warm Great Lakes. Imagine that. Climate engineering and climate collapse cover-up organizations like the Weather Channel further use the surface wind chill temperatures to sensationalize the extreme chemical cold that the climate engineers are creating. The climate engineering cover-up actors at the Weather Channel push wind chill temperatures in a way that confuses much of the public into thinking that they're hearing the actual temperatures, which isn't true, of course. But when many in the population hear the extremely low wind chill temperatures, they're left with the impression that the world is freezing to death. And thus, they convince themselves that global warming must be a lie, a conclusion which is itself a lie. The planet isn't just warming. Again, it's hurling toward what is scientifically termed abrupt climate collapse, further fueled overall by climate intervention operations. Here's a quick snapshot from other parts of the world that U.S. media, as they're sensationalizing this event that I've been describing for much of this broadcast, here's events they don't cover. Multiple sources, Victoria, this is Australia, records coldest summer temperature ever as bushfire threatens lives and homes in Western Australia. Wait, record cold and wildfires simultaneously? Does that make sense? We've seen this in the U.S. as well. We had snowstorms happening in Yellowstone while there was wildfires incinerating the other half of Yellowstone. This is climate engineering. When climate intervention operations are considered, the answer to this type of paradox is yes, it makes perfect sense. From grist.org, this new science report, a hotter, wetter Arctic spells trouble for everyone. Report states the planet's refrigerator is breaking, scientists warn. When you think of the Arctic, the report says wildfires, rain, and typhoons probably don't spring to mind. But all of these events came from the far north this year. And scientists say more freak weather events are in store. I'm sure they are. 
back to the southern hemisphere, parts of South America are incinerating with record heat and wildfires. But again, few Americans would know, as mainstream media does their best to sensationalize the winter weather mayhem. In what other ways are the controllers attempting to cover the tracks of the climate engineers? You simply get rid of data sources so that their activities are much harder to track. This week from Space.com, NASA cancels climate change satellite to monitor greenhouse gases. This is only one data source, but there are many others that are starting to disappear. Geoengineeringwatch.org, over numerous years, has captured many satellite images that clearly reveal climate engineering operations going on. And when we go back to the NASA archives to see if these images still exist there, they don't. We are now all passengers on a runaway train of total insanity, driven by the criminally insane. Every day that the current paradigm is allowed to continue will make the coming collapse even more catastrophic. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 385, December 18th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, Columbus, Ohio, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations, including Denver and Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, Washington State, Alabama, New York, two stations in the far north of California, and also North and South Carolina. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to pull back the curtain of insanity, to sound the alarm. On that note, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam file. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share it is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other geoengineering watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, geoengineering watch, awareness-raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high-quality printed materials and just-added climate engineering conversation starters, geoengineeringwatch.org shirts and hoodies with very high quality four color images on both sides scannable business cards bumper stickers all effective tools to strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is absolutely the great imperative of our time if we can expose it we can stop it from the inside out if you want to share a picture with a geoengineering watch shirt or hoodie perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send your photo to us so we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Moving on. Last week, I made mention of the fact that the very premise for solar radiation management operations is being blown to bits. It's becoming impossible to hide the fact that these operations can only do harm, can only 
worsen the overall heating of the planet. Short-term highly toxic cool-downs with a worsened overall heating as a consequence. For newer listeners to this broadcast, the very premise for solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injection, i.e. climate engineering as global warming mitigation, is to fill the skies with jet-sprayed particles to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy without considering, again, the consequences. Destroying the hydrological cycle, decimating the ozone layer, trapping more heat than you deflect. The list goes on and on. There are scientists and sources that are covertly trying to sell climate engineering by claiming that the toxic atmospheric particles are keeping us cooler by creating what has been termed the aerosol masking effect. As I cover the following headlines... Keep in mind that what we see being emitted from jet aircraft in our skies isn't condensation. It's sprayed particulate dispersions. Please don't believe me. View the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Decide for yourself. So about the headlines. Covered this one last week. Airlines are finally admitting contrails. Again, sprayed particulate dispersion are an environmental problem. That's truly a gross understatement, but let's dive into this report and dissect it. The report states contrails, those lines of wispy white clouds that follow some jets, may not be so harmless. Airlines and scientists are coming to a consensus that the water vapor trails, again, which they are absolutely not. Please check our data, check our lab tests, check our government documents, check the patents list. This is the absurd, complete omission of any reality from the so-called climate science community. They say the vapor trails created by airlines at high altitudes may play a big role in global warming. That's because those contrails, short for condensation trails, again, which they are not, create clouds that trap heat in the atmosphere at the critical altitude where airlines fly. In fact, they say contrail clouds may be a more significant factor in global warming than even carbon dioxide or other fuel emissions, according to a new European study measuring more than a decade of airline flights. It's part of an emerging field of study in climate science called effective radiative forcing, which measures the total warming effect instead of the older standard of totaling CO2. They falsify data across the board all the time, from temperatures to atmospheric greenhouse gas concentrations to the total omission of the climate engineering fallout. They don't test for any of the elements, though they're highly toxic in climate engineering dispersions. They don't test for the size of particles in climate engineering dispersions, which are the most toxic of all because they are so small, they enter straight through the nasal passages, go straight into the bloodstream, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, graphene. This is a truly lethal mix, all of it going under the radar because the entire matrix is designed not to show this, but now it's starting to boil to the surface. The report then states, now airlines, including Fort Worth-based American and Dallas-based Southwest, are trying to figure out which of these contrails are most harmful to the environment and what, if anything, can be done about it while flying commercial jets full of passengers. When we have film footage, and we do at geoengineeringwatch.org, of these aircraft at altitude, nozzles visible, turning on and off, anybody that can walk and chew gum should be able to figure out what this is. And we live in a completely bought and paid for, distruthful, disinformation, so-called science community. Air travel, they say, has almost a double-sized impact in global warming than what we thought. Gee, we didn't know. They say, we knew at geoengineeringwatch.org. How can these people not know? They do know. And now they're starting to have to admit it. Said Andrew Chin, an aviation specialist with a clean energy nonprofit, the Rocky Mountain Institute. The most interesting dynamic, he says, is that the airlines are not shying away from, quote, contrails. 
Carriers, including American and Southwest, are teaming up with a group of other aviation companies and the Rocky Mountain Institute. Perhaps these people should all get an email of the dimming. What do you think about that? They're doing this to try to get a handle on the contrail problem. Other big airlines such as United, Alaska, and Virgin Atlantic are joining the group along with plane manufacturers, Boeing and Airbus. Google Research is also part of the effort. That may not help since Google completely vaporized geoengineeringwatch.org from a search of the geoengineering term about two years ago. Vaporized us. It continues, it comes after Atlanta-based Delta Airlines announced a partnership in October with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology to get a handle on the worst contrails for global warming. The plan with MIT and the Rocky Mountain Institute project is to study which flights create the worst contrails, the ones that spray the most. Clear answer for that one. Continuing, the airline industry has set ambitious environmental targets in recent years, even after admitting that much of the technology to hit those goals doesn't exist yet. American Airlines and Southwest Airlines set a 2050 date to cut their emissions footprint entirely. No need to worry about any of those dates. And yes, you can quote me on that. We will never, ever get anywhere near that far. Total collapse is on the doorstep. To date, the report says most of the emissions reductions that the airlines have been able to achieve have been through using a more fuel-efficient engine high-bypass turbofan jet engine. A jet-powered fan, 90% of the air that moves through that engine is not combusted. That engine is nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail except under rare and extreme circumstances. The report says about the fuel-efficient engines while they are waiting for sustainable aviation fuel industry using recycled oils and conducting research on electric engines. Really? We're going to have a rechargeable jet aircraft or we're going to fuel it up with used French fry oil? Do people buy this kind of delusion? Apparently some do. Moving on with this report on, quote, contrails, a.k.a. climate engineering sprayed particulate dispersions. The report states whether or not a plane makes contrails depends on a variety of factors, including temperature, altitude, and humidity. About this statement, again, geoengineeringwatch.org has numerous film footage captures of jet aircraft, military, and commercial carriers, nozzles visible, turning on and off. End of discussion. Please view the dimming documentary. Decide for yourself. Yet, the entire so-called climate science community continues to make it up as they go, pushing the condensation trail lie. Next, from this report, the worst contrails happen at night when the earth is naturally cooling, Without sunlight, but man-made clouds at the critical altitude can block heat from escaping. Of course, they do block heat. They trap more heat than they deflect. On that theme, this from the report. Even, quote, contrails during the day are bad, though clouds may be acting to block some sunlight from reaching the surface, researchers said. Blocking some heat from incoming, blocking more heat from outgoing. Translation, harming overall. The jet-sprayed particulate trails are, again, trapping more heat than they deflect. Exactly what Geoengineering Watch has stated on the record for a decade and a half. And yet we have so-called scientists pushing the aerosol masking effect, i.e. the filth in our skies, as saving us from ourselves. Could not be further from the truth. This entire report is just another climate engineering cover-up. The damage being done by climate intervention operations is mounting at blinding speed. The condensation trail narrative is breaking down. Man's intentional and nefarious interference in the planet's climate and life support systems is a death sentence. Again, in the words of Charles Hugh Smith, a great madness 
sweeps the land. There seems to be no limits on extremes in greed, credulity, convictions, inequality, bombast, recklessness, fraud, corruption, arrogance, hubris, pride, overreach, self-righteousness, confidence in the rightness of one's opinions. Extremes only become more extreme even as the folly of previous extremes wearies rationality. Imaginary sins are conjured out of thin air to convict the innocent, while those guilty of the most egregious fraud and corruption are lauded as saviors. The national mood is aggravated and bitter. The luxuries of self-righteousness, indignation, entitlement, resentment have impoverished the national spirit, bankrupted by these excesses. What little treasure remains is squandered on plots of petty revenge. Blindness to the late hour is cheered as optimism. Confidence in the false gods of technology is sanctified while doubters of the technocratic theocracy are crucified as irredeemable infidels. Witch hunts and show trials are the order of the day as those who can't stomach the party line are obsessively purged. Healthy skepticism is condemned as a mortal sin by brittle true believers who secretly fear the failure of their cult. Mired in a putrid sewer of suspected subversion and disloyalty to the one true cause, heretics are everywhere to those caught up in the mass hysteria. In this choking atmosphere of toxic hubris, self-righteousness, indignation, entitlement, and resentment, humility is for losers. Prudence is for losers. Caution is for losers. Skeptical inquiry for losers. Completely untethered from cause and effect, those confident in the inevitability of a glorious future, of unlimited expansion on a finite planet with finite resources, cling to past glory as proof for future glory, even as their hubris leads to a treacherous path of decay and decline. As they stumble into the abyss, their final cries are of surprise that confidence and arrogance is not enough to alter reality. For those that clearly see the oncoming train of total collapse, for those that recognize the origins of the insanity that surrounds us and are willing to summon the courage to stand against it, our time is now. It's an honor and a privilege to march with you in this all-important battle. All that we hold dear is in the balance, including the entire web of life, every single thread of that web, every tree, every bird, every bat, bear, bee, every remaining whale, dolphins, seals, fish, every living thing. They have no voice except for us. My heart bleeds when I consider the fate that they face, along with our own. So many in the ranks of the human race are hell-bent on keeping the carbon fuel carnival going until there's nothing left, while simultaneously turning two blind eyes to the climate engineering atrocities in our skies. All the while, what is left of nature is being hacked to oblivion. My deep angst and alarm toward those that care not for nature, for the natural world, on which our lives completely depend, has been formed and fueled by events throughout my life. One such event occurred almost three decades past. I had been floating for hours in my camouflage wetsuit on the surface of a massive kelp forest in a remote location along the shores of Santa Catalina Island. I was silently viewing the miraculous display of life below me through my diving mask, breathing slowly and steadily 
through my snorkel, being careful not to disturb the inhabitants of the kelp forest. The seas were calm. The water was unusually clear. Shafts of sunlight beamed down through the kelp stalks for a hundred feet or more. Fish of every size and species, seals, occasionally passing by through the mystical scenes I was witnessing. The gentle movement of the sea surface and the sun on my back in such a remote location was so very mesmerizing. And seemingly from out of nowhere, a large offshore racing boat rounded the edge of a rock escarpment near the kelp forest. The sound had been muffled from the barrier, but now I knew it was close and coming at me at perhaps 60 or 70 miles an hour. And never had I ever seen any such vessel grinding through a kelp forest, let alone at terminal velocity. I had only a few seconds. The surface kelp was thick and it tends to entangle you if you try to dive without patience and care. And it's also difficult and slow to try and move across the surface of the kelp paddies. I opted for the latter. I only made it a few feet as the bow of the boat blazed by me at blinding speed. The boat's wake blasted me further across the surface of the kelp canopy. In a split second, it was heading into the distance. And I could make out what appeared to be a few oblivious party goers, clearly with no clue that they and their triple-engine race boat had just chopped their way through a formerly pristine kelp forest canopy, almost putting an end to me and leaving a swath of hacked-up kelp behind them, with no clue about the thriving forms of life below them. In that moment, I pondered that I had yet again been granted bonus time. I owed my life to the whole once more. This is but one of the events that has polished the lens through which I have been forced to view so-called civilization. And my question is this, is it civilized to destroy the very environment on which all of our lives completely depend? The once magnificent kelp forests that formerly lined the shores of the Channel Islands, where I spent so much time over so many years, are almost gone. The miraculous life forms that once made their homes in the kelp forests also gone. What now? Do we lay down and give up? Do we tell ourselves that there's nothing we can do? So why try? Here's my answer. Never. So long as any part of the web of life remains, struggling to survive and to play their part in the symphony of life, I will fight on with every fiber of my being. And I pray that all those who also revere the miracle of life of nature, of creation, will stand by me, will march with me, headlong into the gathering storm. They, the global controllers, the money printers, the purveyors of chaos, carnage, and collapse are not gods. They're not invincible, and we're not helpless. If we stand together, if we march together, our collective efforts can yet make a difference, even at this late hour. If our combined effort can provide a path forward for any part of the web of life to continue on, for any remnant of the human race to make it through what's coming, then every single step in this daunting and arduous journey will have been worth it. We're rapidly running out of time. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week... This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.